You ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up? It's Alex, the fantasy football hustler, back at you. New series, hanging with the 420 crew. I'm hyped. Where's the 420 crew at? Throw it in the chat. Let's get it. If it's your first time here, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, make sure you smash the like button on the video right now. If you're watching this on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if you're watching this uh, later on replay, make sure you go subscribe, Fantasy Football Hustler on YouTube. Go hit it up. That's where all the magic happens first. I'm excited about the new series, guys. I hope you were here last week. If not, go check it out in uh, in the YouTube uh, replays on my channel. And if you want to be like my man Stu here, if you're on YouTube, you can see it, but it's got the 420 crew emoji, got the pipe emoji. Go hit it up. Go join as a member on YouTube. You'll get access to all the custom emojis. You get into the Discord chat. Uh, if you're into Dynasty Fantasy Football, we're getting some leagues going right now. So a lot of reasons why you want to get joined up on YouTube. Go hit it up. It's right below the chat. Now, without further ado, I am super stoked because I've been the, – the guy I'm about to bring on right now, David, we've been talking for a while in, in the live streams like this, but for fantasy football. And then come to find out, he has been in the cannabis industry for a long time, and I'm, I'm really excited – to hear his story, and I'm excited for him to share it with everybody out there. He is the co-founder of Tress Capital. It's a cannabis investment firm. Super excited. Throw some love in the chat for my man, David. What up, what up? What up, what up? How you doing? Doing good. We finally get to meet, you know, somewhat face-to-face. -face. I'm excited because we're usually just, uh, you know, conversing in the live chats. Yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, it's been uh, it's been great getting to getting to know you a little bit, and yeah, next time uh, I'm in uh, SoCal, we'll make sure we hit up. I'll get down to San Diego, or we'll, we'll meet halfway. We'll figure it out. Yeah, once uh, the world opens up a little bit, I'm going to start doing some traveling just for networking and and things like that. Now that I don't have a real nine to five job that's holding me back, and I'm just full time content creator, we're going to figure out a way to uh, get some cool shit going. You have a tougher job now. The life yeah. entrepreneur, bro. Twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Oh, and I've always been an entrepreneur. I just um, <laughs> me getting in trouble a little bit of my checkered past. That that's what's made me have to go get nine to five jobs and uh, not just be an entrepreneur full time. 
Devin, what up? Watching and editing. I like it, bro. I like it. Rum Boy's in the building. What up? What up? All right. So, you know how we like to start? We got to spark it up. That's what we got to do right now. So, I just loaded a bowl of Mercury OG, and I also have Pure OG and Death OG. So, if anyone wants to see me smoke something different besides the Mercury, throw it in the chat what I should be smoking. What are you smoking on over there, bro? <laughs> Did I lose you, David? <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> we got stuck over there. Technical difficulties. Throw it in the chat. What are you guys smoking on right now? And we'll see if we can get David back here in a second. It's the same link, so hopefully he'll just pop back in here. Let's get it going. Let's roll up. Yeah, let's get that death OG. <coughs> Still remember that from that Cat Williams shit when he's like, death? I don't even sound attractive. <coughs> Gonna hit this and die? <laughs> oh, man. What happened, David? Technical difficulties, everybody. We'll get him back here in a second. We'll just be smoking in the meantime, and let's roll up. Nice, Wink and Willie smoking on that B-52. What's everybody else smoking on right now? Let's spark it up. What are we smoking on? I'm about to pack a bowl of that Death OG while I wait for David to come back. There we go. Here he is. All right. I was like, wait, did he fall asleep or is he frozen? They're listening. The big brother's listening. Right when you said a little bit of trouble, right? It's frozen. I'm like, they're, they're, that's it. They're listening. Big brother. All right. Okay. So what, what are you smoking on? This is some Jack Herrera. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was saying. The life of an entrepreneur, bro. 24-7. 24-7. Yep. It's all about the hustle. You know what I mean? And you can't teach that. Right? Yeah. That's something that as, a, as an investor now, I, you know, I, I know how to spot. And as an entrepreneur that lives it, right, that's always lived it, um, I also know how to spot that, right? So it's, uh, you know, you've got it in you, bro. And that makes a difference, too, when you're, I mean, I've been doing it for, like, other companies and stuff. I mean, I've always had companies that I've been kind of working on behind the scenes. And, you know, there was a little while where I wasn't working a nine-to-five job. I was just doing things in the cannabis industry in those gray areas. But, uh yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's tough to be an employee for someone if you're an entrepreneur, because I always felt myself wanting to make their companies better. And um, I did. And, you know, made no difference to me, like in the long term. Got to do your own thing. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was definitely the same way ever since I can remember. Um, I was always, always. Uh, you know, about being, yeah, always about being uh, my own boss, you know? Um, <laughs> there were a couple of times where I worked for someone else, but for the most part, I was always hustling. I remember when I was a kid, I would go to the 99 cent store, I would pick up like, like a grit of like chocolate, you know, for 99 cents and sell each bar 
for 99 cents, you know, and make like at least 10, 15 bucks, right? And then growing up a little bit older, I was playing ice hockey uh, in Culver City for anybody in SoCal. Um, and at the time, that ice rink was also the ice rink for the uh, LA Kings, right? This is back when they were playing at the Forum. And so the reason why is one of their players, Luke Robitaille, and the owner, Bruce McNall, owned the rink as well. And right. so our practices would be like back to back. And, <laughs> you know, they would no, I, you know, after practice, we would just ask them for their gear, right? Can I yeah, have hell yeah. And, you know, I'm like this little 10 year old kid asking for a stick. I'm sure I was cute, you know? <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah. And I would get an assignment. And the thing I was, yeah. I was going to school the next day, right? Selling that, right? Hell yeah. For like hundreds of dollars, you know? So yeah. I was always, always hustling, right? Uh, except the awesome. Wayne Gretzky one I got right behind me. That that one I didn't sell. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, otherwise, everything was out the door. Um, and, yeah, always hustling, bro. So it, it's uh, it's in you. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, uh, that that 24-7 entrepreneur life definitely led me, led me to where I'm at today, for sure. Hell, yeah. And it's funny that you bring up um, candy being one of your first hustles. That was like one of my well, my original hustle was a chips and Capri Sun. There's like one one kid at school who like his parents wouldn't give him anything, you know, like good or well, anything that a kid would want, you know, put it that way. And so yep. I just started selling them my chips and Capri Sun for like a dollar each. And then eventually it turned into like more kids wanting to buy it. And <laughs> When I got into junior high, I was full blown candy man. Like uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Always hustling. Like I said, yeah. it's not something you teach, right? It's it's either you have it or you don't. Hell yeah. Comes natural. Absolutely. Now when it comes to weed, I, I'm I'm kind of a big softie for the indicas. I mean Different time and place, you know, for everything. But what would you say is your go-to if you just had to pick one out of indica sativa or hybrid? Okay, so you know. I'm an LA guy through and through, you know, West Coast. So I'm OG. If I had to go with one strain for the rest of my life, OG. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Love it. Love it. And uh, we let's talk about some of your favorite strains. Cause I know that even right now you're smoking on Jack Herrera, which is one of my favorite sativas of all yeah. time. That's for sure. What are some of your favorite strains? Okay. So it all depends. So let's say an indica okay so you know maybe like a, a like a true indica maybe like a berry white or like a, a granddaddy purple in fact back in the day you know granddaddy purple is one of the first strains i ever grew uh when i was when i was growing and uh it's fairly easy strain to grow great yield just a great smoke beautiful 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 uh phenotype anyway so granddaddy purple uh if, if i'm talking hybrid uh, like I said, OG, uh, SFV OG, Larry OG, yeah. um, Headman, Chemdog. Uh, I like the Girl Scout cookies. Uh, my boy Sherbinsky, Mario, put out the gelato. I love all the gelato strains. Nice. Uh, of course, XJ13 or anything with Jack in it, you know, I love. Yeah. Um, and then moving over to Sativa's, I don't know, Sour Diesel. Because I am on the East Coast right now, so yeah, <laughs> give it to sour diesel. Um, and doesn't matter where you are, a good sour diesel fire. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Jack, Jack Herrera, 
Um, Jack was the man, you know, uh, himself. Uh, let's see. I, I love a good haze. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like a grapefruit. You know, I like it all. You know, I'm a terpene guy, too. You know, I'm big on terpenes. Yeah. Um, you love the dabs, right? I love dabs, you know. Yeah. I've got some dabs with me, too. I've got some raw garden with me, some kosher funk, some orange glue. I've always got the puffco nearby. I used to have the whole, you know, e-nail and everything set up, but that can be that can be much, you know. So puffco when they came out, uh, that was nice, uh, nice, nice and easy, you know what I mean? Nice and clean. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, you know, you know, I, I you know, I, I like, you know, it really depends on the time of day, right? So early in the day, or if I know I need to get things done. So I'll, I'll steer clear of like a, a true indica. Um, and, you know, that said, right, I mean, and, and I know we're all used to calling strains sativas, indicas, hybrids. The reality is, you know, it's not so much, I mean, sativa, indica, hybrid, it, it's more as it relates to how the plant grows and what it looks like. Um, it's in terms of, you know, an indica will not always do what you think an indica will, right? And a sativa, same thing. Um, it's really what the terpene profile adds to the cannabinoid profile and the flavonoids and all the other molecules, you know, in that plant um, that really make up the entourage effect. And, you know, think of it as like a, a symphony, you know, an orchestra, right? It doesn't sound the same if you start taking a couple pieces out. You know what I mean? If, even if you play the same song, so it's the, it's really you know the, those terpenes that's like that umami. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> and yeah, I, I know what you mean too about you know not every end because like doesn't knock you the fuck out. You know, it doesn't like have you in the couch lock. You know, there's different levels to all this. That is for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So sometimes if I'm looking for like a, a pain relieving strain and it's the middle of the day, I'll reach for an indica um, or something leaning indica because I know it's, you know, it, it's got a, a profile that's going to lean towards anti-inflammatory and pain relief, right? Yeah. Um, but if I'm looking to do some work and, and I want to be more creative, you know, then I'm looking for products that have more limiting, right? That's just going to stimulate me a little bit more. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's interesting actually, as you see, uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the growers coming out of Humboldt and Northern California are starting to package their product, um, by identifying the terpene profile a lot more than highlighting the, you know, THC profile. And that's because they were doing, um, I don't know if you've heard of the Emerald Cup. Yep. So, so the Emerald Cup. Um, one of our uh, portfolio companies, SC Labs, does the testing for them. So it, it's it's someplace I've been going for every year for for a number of years now. And um, what we noticed was that the winner of of the Emerald Cups weren't the you know twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one percent you know THC flower, right? It was the flower that had these really exotic, really like fire gassy terps you know what i mean yeah. um and so you know a lot of 
really uh, a lot of the brands are starting to really pick up on that right now and and focus on on what that does on those different sensations and moods that those can create uh i think we're going to see a lot more more of those and um yeah and we'll probably not lean on indica hybrid sativa as much um as much as you know how we want to feel when we want to feel it which is the beauty of cannabis yeah and i feel like it does stuff does kind of get pigeonholed you know indica sativa hybrid but i feel like Good weed is almost like a superstar baseball player, a five tool player, you know, because you got because not just about the THC content, like some things with high THC doesn't really taste that good, you know, and I feel like I got to have some of that taste, you know, also because it's all part of the experience. Exactly. Exactly. Antonio, what up? What up? Uh, And some of these same. say people like week in week out yeah for sure a little bit too yeah so these are uh definitely some ride or die you know supporters here we're all in discord together um started i mean um antonio we're in two dynasty leagues already that we just got in here Stu, who i'm about to read his comment um we're in a couple dynasty leagues together wink and willie we're in a dynasty league so yeah i mean it's all the people we're like literally still connected right now because of fantasy football so it's pretty awesome i love it i love it i gotta get into dynasty i haven't yet i gotta get into it we're gonna get you we're gonna get you into one i'm about to start uh forming another one we've already started three and we already started drafting three i'm getting ready to start another one um yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to get you into one of these next couple because I'm probably going to start like two to three more and then just get ready for the redraft season. For the- it's, it's it's like a, it's a, a completely different strategy, right? Oh, yeah, because you want to win year one, but if you win year one and your team just is kind of old, you know, year two, year three, year four might not be so good. So, yeah, I mean, you want to win right away, but it's also like building for the long term because – if it's a league that I'm creating, it's for sure going to be around at least for five, six years. You know, something like that. It's not going to be. And what's the strategy? Years. You want to, you want to go light on rookies. You want to stay away from guys that they're end their contract. What's 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 your strategy with Dynasty? So, I try to go young-ish more often than not. I feel like you can still draft some older players like this league that we just did right now. I drafted Devontae Adams with the uh, 11th pick in the first round and he's 28. You know, a lot of, a lot of younger guys were going before him. It was a lot of quarterbacks, but I like wide receivers because they usually wide receivers and quarterbacks, their lifespan is just a lot longer than running backs. So I try not to go super heavy on running backs. I would rather, you know, go with like a rookie running back, a couple guys like Kareem Hunt, you know, something like that, like these middle-of-the-road guys who will still be good for this year, maybe next year, and then mm-hmm. try to draft some youth after that late. And is there is there defense? Is there a kicker? Is there so, two QBs? So we got, we got super flex, two QBs. Well, so super flex, I mean, that could be, you know, QB or any position, but got to have at least super flex. It is IDP. So with Dynasty – I feel like you just have to have IDP because it's not it's not hard. I mean, unless you, you know, start like 15 positions or something. But we got 10 offensive starters and we got nine defensive starters. And there's probably 
a lot more better defensive players than offensive players. So those nine starters, it's not hard to fill. That'll be cool too, because yeah, I've never played, you know, IDP. I've, I've learned defense because I've been streaming right this year, this past season. And mm-hmm. so, and, and I was someone that paid attention. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, I'd be focused on who's playing. Right. That's first of all, a lot of times yeah. you know, I'd be speaking, but yeah, pick this team. And I'd, be, and I'd look and be like, well, so-and-so is not playing. So-and-so like that the four or five best players, you know, aren't playing, you know? Um, so I'm not going to go with them. Right. Um, so I, I, I pay attention and um, yeah, I started realizing, you know, how exciting that could be. And then obviously listening to you a little bit. Right. So IDP is something I'd be into. Yeah. So, so, part, so dynasty, IDP is incorporated into the Dynasty League, you're saying? Yep. And where is he at? Let me throw him back up here. Antonio. So he was someone last year who was like, oh, I don't even know about IDP. I'm a little bit nervous. Never did it before. And after we finished one draft, he was like, man, any league that's not IDP, I'm not even going to be in it anymore. (laughs) Interesting. So, yeah, it is uh, it is good times for sure. And uh, look at Stu. If Hustler would allow me to play in another league, would love to play with David. So I'm going to be starting another league right now. <laughs> so in the third league, I just uh, I, I made a rule that if you already joined both of the first two leagues, that you couldn't be in the third league unless we unless we needed a spot. And so we didn't need a spot because a couple new people signed up on Patreon just to join the Dynasty League. So Stu got a little butt hurt, but I told you you could be in League number four. We're about to start it right now. <laughs> and, and here we go. So Devin already shouting it out. The next question, blunts, joints, or bongs? So my question was favorite smoking apparatus. Yeah, so – you saw I was just smoking a joint, so you know I'm not a spliff person. So if I'm gonna roll, it's it's gonna be pure flower, and it'll be fire. Um, I'll just show you what's always on my desk. So um, yeah, um, you know, definitely smoking a bong. You know, constantly. I start with an edible. Let's let's start there early in the day, um, and then yeah, so that's always on my desk. And it's relatively clean as that. I mean, obviously, I cleaned it a little bit before before we went on, but I'm I'm you know pretty religious about keeping it clean, only because it's pretty easy. And if anybody's out there not keeping their glass clean, go get some you know go on Amazon, go wherever, get some isopropyl like 99% isopropyl alcohol, okay? And it doesn't even require that much. Get one of those brushes if you need to also for like, you know, five to 10 bucks on Amazon at most, right? That and a little alcohol, you're good. You know what I mean? You'll be done cleaning that in, in, in no time. And bong water, dirty bong water has got bacteria, all kinds of other things. And if it's going to be staying around, which I do, I literally keep it on my desk at all times. Um, it should be clean, right? <laughs> Plus you don't want to smell that, right? So uh, that, um, and then, you know, if I'm going to dab, I'm going to use the Puffco at this point. Um, and so I've got the Puffco nearby at all points and there's something new, which is interesting that, um, doing diligence on at the moment is called Omura. Can you see that? A little bit. Yeah. So Omura, I'll show you how this works. 
I don't know if you've you've heard about like the packs, right? Or just you know vaping. When I say vaping, yeah. you're probably thinking concentrate, right? Like a, a, a pen, right? So that is what most people think of because vaping flour never went far because no. people like you know they just didn't like it, right? Uh, for a number of reasons. So anyway. I never found one. I never found one good apparatus that was good for. Never for found one that was good. Why? Why? What didn't you like about it? Uh, some a lot of times it was uh, not too easy to clean. Like a lot of it just got stuck in it, and I just felt like I wasn't getting a full hit of like the taste. Oh, so you just nailed the two best things about this device, right? Which is why we might invest in it, right? And I'll show it to you and which is interesting now it's like you're part of the diligence process. So this is the packaging, almost looks like an Apple-like you know, packaging, which is yep. kind of cool. And the flower comes in these, in these sticks, right? Okay. So these sticks are pre-made. So, right. you know, cookies, right? We'll have a pack of sticks pre-made 12 and you go in you buy your pack of you know cookies sticks made for the omira right sure. this is actually you know a big in in europe it's big in asia it's called heat not burn philip morris just put out the icos in 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 those countries and are selling like billions of dollars worth and it's it's an alternative way they're not going to say it's a safer way to smoke because they haven't done the studies yet um, yeah, but, but they're saying it's an alternative way and it's caught on and they just started doing it in the US. So this is the this is this company's, you know, answer to that for cannabis and also solves those two things you just mentioned. So number one, it's easy because the flower is already in there. I'll put it in the device. Right. And it takes about 30 seconds. It will heat up. And what I like about this is. You know, when I smoke and you stop smoking a joint, I smoke a bong, I'll smoke it any which way. But I do know, right, that I'm wasting, right? For example, like, you know, the way I compare it is if I go to the butcher and I get like a premium ribeye, you know what I mean? Like Kobe beef, whatever, a premium ribeye, right? Would you come home and throw that in the microwave? <laughs> yeah, right. Nope. You're, you'd cook it perfectly, right? So it just buzzed 30 seconds. So now I'm going to hit it. And I'm tasting, I'm tasting those terpenes. You're going to see I'm exhaling a little bit and I'll exhale more and more as it heats up. But it it's not burning. It's not combusting the cannabis. It's It's heating it to a temperature, right? Where all the cannabinoids, all the terpenes, all the flavonoids, they're, they're, they're being released, they're decarboxylated, they're being released in that aerosol that I'm getting, right? But it's not being burnt like at 2,500 degrees plus <laughs> by a lighter, right? Where no matter what, you're not get you're getting maybe 20 to 30% of what's in that flower when you're burning yeah. it. Now you're feeling it, obviously, it's working. That said, right, you could be using a lot less if you used, you know, if you were vaping the flower. Well, and even all this, you taste it so much better, right? And you see, I just, that was pretty good. Yeah. And even when we smoke, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, we just need the THC to get high and not the, you know, 
the plant itself or whatever. So I do like the idea of just of vaping in general. It's interesting. And I, like you, was never into it. But these guys came out. They said, you know what? Try it. It's really, really good. Uh, everybody that, that I've had that, that tastes it, it's got the mouth feel of a joint, right? Mm -hmm. like it's a stick, which I personally enjoy. I like a joint. Um, it's convenient. Once it, you get three minutes to smoke about 0 0.2, 0 0.3 uh, grams worth of flour. That's, okay. that's in there. And then you just, you throw it out. It's fully biodegradable. They're very, very into sustainability. Um, I mean, listen, I've got you know, no skin in the game with them yet. We may invest and, in, you know, full disclosure, there are a lot of other factors that go into an investment, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a great product and I like it a lot. Uh, and it, and it reintroduced me to vaping flour, um, at, you know, non-combustion heat, not burn and, and, and kind of tasting it. So if I get a flour, um, you know, or I know that a brand is putting out, you know, one of those, you know, strains that I had mentioned earlier that I really like because of those terpenes and I want to taste it, I might pick that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a, in addition to, you know what I mean? I'm not going to pick it up as opposed to my flower. <laughs> I'll pick it up in addition to, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very yeah. So I smoke that. So to answer, you know, I, you know, I smoke everything. Blunts, um, on occasion, you know, it's not a daily thing for me, but you know, for on a social uh, occasion, absolutely. Um, did we cover every method? <laughs> you know, I think so. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like yes, that for the check. Yes to everything. Yeah, I like the convenience of that for on the go because I, I do like the idea of being able to like smoke that like out in public somewhere or something, and <laughs> so easy. And yeah. so it just buzzed. That means it's been three minutes. It says take your last puff kind of a thing. And it buzzes as opposed to just the light, I'm sure, because let's say I couldn't see well or whatever, right? I feel the buzz. Um, but if I'm like, you know, somebody that's also not used to flour or used to understanding what's a dose and how much I should put in a bowl and how to roll a joint or anything like that, it's, it's easy if I can just put it in this and do what I just did, right? Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy every, I mean, and again, I like vape pens too. <laughs> Everything is close by. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I, you know, for me as, as you know, you know, the reason, so, so the reason I love cannabis so much um, and why I, use uh cannabis so much is first of all for me it goes back to the mid 90s right um i was you know in i was born in 78 right so for me you know by the time i got to high school like i'm like a, a senior when you know there's all this talk about cannabis becoming legal you know, um, and sure enough, right. I'm looking for like a part-time job. Um, and yeah, I'm always hustling and they've got these, you know, go, go ahead and, you know, if you can get these signatures, you know, for, for a whole list of things, right. Depends what it was. Some were like 10 cents signatures, some were 25 cents signatures, some were more. Um, 
you know, then then that was cool. So me and a few friends would go out, right, and and get signatures for Prop 215. And sure enough, it passed, right? And I had friends and family that, you know, were all right, let's let's uh let's roll with this, right? Um and we had you know, we had acres in in Northern California and we had, you know, indoor uh, cultivation as well in Southern California, you know, through the program that was going on there. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a part of my life, you know, really, you know, from, from the time I was like a young adult and, until now. Right. Um, but I got side railed um, in 2000. I was diagnosed with cancer. Right. Uh, I had this pain in my foot that didn't matter what the doctor was saying. I would go to a doctor and they'd be like, it's a bone spur. I'd go, all right, so what do I do for a bone spur? They'd do whatever it was and fine. I'd come back two months later, be like, it's, it's worse, you know? Oh, it's a this, it's a that, it's plantar fasciitis. It's a, let me give you a shot, let me give you a steroid. No, 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 nothing was working. So luckily I had an uncle who was the, you know, he was pretty high up in a hospital in Philadelphia. Said, come out to Philadelphia. We'll get you the MRI. We'll we'll know what this is right away. Went out there. Did that. They biopsied it. Sure enough, it was cancer, synovial sarcoma. Said, we got to get you to New York. I know the chairman of the Department of Surgery at Sloan Kettering. It's the best hospital in the world for cancer. We're gonna get you there. Right. So, long story short, that's where I ended up. That's how I got to New York. Next thing I know, right? You know, I'm, you know. Fast forward two years, it's back again, right? And this time, right, obviously there's no stigma to, to medicating with cannabis, but it got so bad that I was, you know, inpatient for the majority of my chemotherapy, which was about a year long, right? Um, and I was inpatient on a floor that was, it was a pediatric floor because the type of cancer I had, synovial sarcoma, was mainly, you know, it, it mainly shows up in kids, right? And so at Sloan Kettering, unless there's a reason that someone needs a private room, uh, there are roommates, it's, it's two to a room, right? And so my roommates were these like, you know, kids. And, you know, I get choked up when I think about it still. But, you know, it got to the point for me, right? Where, you know, I couldn't get out of bed right? I'm a disaster. The kids are crying at night. And it was just a, just, you know, like literally a living hell. And I said to my oncologist, I said, you're killing me with this chemo. And he said, but you signed off to that. And I said, well, I didn't, I didn't mean it. You know? And he said, well, you know, we're, we're two rounds in, you can't stop now. You gotta, you know, keep going. And, you know, someone told me about Marinol, you know, and it was actually in, in a, a magazine and said, read this. And it was about Marinol. Marinol, at that point, I didn't know what it was. I said, Marinol, cannabis, it's a pill, perfect. You know, uh, what I know now is it's, it's actually synthetic THC. It's THC made in a lab, right? We'll get to whether or not that's good, bad, doesn't matter, right? So I, I say to my oncologist, I said, here, give him the, the, the magazine. And I say, you take, you take this, right? I mean, you, you know, get me this prescription 
and I'll and I'll stay. And so sure enough, he's like, yeah, he's like, we, you know, we haven't given anybody this prescription before. I think at that point they were giving it like strictly to like AIDS patients. And so he said, but you know, yeah, there've been talk about, you know, giving it to, to cancer patients, people going through chemo and yeah, we'll give this to you. So there were, there was no Marinol at the pharmacy in Sloan Kettering, right? They've got this huge pharmacy or right? every drug imaginable, no Marinol. Um, but they had Marinol at this one pharmacy in Manhattan. And so I got Marinol and like within an hour, there I was telling my, my nurses jokes and and friends were were calling me up and, and I'm telling them I've said you know it's Monday come by tonight it's, it's Monday night football and they're like are you sure and I said yeah I'm sure and I said you know what bring wings and they're like what and I said bring wings and they're like you're eating and I said yeah I mean so what's what's different I said nothing other than marinol you know what I mean and so I was you know at that point for me it was, you know, a huge paradigm shift, right? And it was the first time I really understood what medical cannabis, you know, could potentially mean, you know? And yeah, I started speaking with, I started, you know, looking into, you know, who was doing research on medical cannabis and just everything I could understand, terpenes I started learning about back then and just everything I could. And uh, yeah, fast forward uh, a bunch of years, you know, I got involved with, um, I had to stay here on the East Coast, you know, I would travel back to the West Coast often, um, but had to, you know, plant myself on the East Coast. Um, and um, in 2010, uh, one of six licenses that were awarded in New Jersey, right, the grower, um, knew that this was something that was, you know, important to me and that I, that I wanted to further the legitimacy and credibility to cannabis, you know what I mean? Because I wanted to understand why, you know, those kids were suffering, you know what I mean? I wanted to understand why, you know, I'm there watching movies and watching football and, and able to eat, you know, and my roommates were suffering, right? And so... I just, you know, I, I was in love with adult use cannabis for years, but now I started, you know, to develop this relationship with medicinal cannabis and whatever that meant, right? But really trying to understand the efficacy of cannabis and and started understanding how it, uh, you know, a tincture could work or how a topical could work and why they would work and why they maybe wouldn't work and what, what would need to be done, um, you know, to really make them you know, bioavailable. I mean, after all, the plant is a lipid, it's a fat, and, and, and we're made mostly of water. So how does it work? Why does it work? Why do edibles, you know, work so differently and started learning what the enzymes do and they turn delta-9 into delta-hydroxy-11 in our liver. And, and that's why it lasts for so much longer and feels so much differently, etc. And so, you know, just my world and my, my whole paradigm of, of what cannabis was and meant just expanded. You know, um, but when this opportunity in Jersey came, um, it was it was, you know, something new. It was an opportunity for me to now get in sort of on the investment side. Right. Because that license was already one that wasn't going to be me, but I could help bring in some capital. I could uh, bring in some you know, operations and some expertise. And so once I did that, 
I had other friends and, 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 you know, guys with, with, you know, family money or, or had made some money along the way in business want to do similar projects. And so I started looking to what other projects were going on out in, out in Cali, out in places like Arizona, out in Colorado at that time. And, and next thing I knew, you know, you know, I, I had all these deals formed, but, uh, you know, really didn't have a background in finance. And so, brought in a, a partner through some mutual friends that, you know, he was a, what they call now an impact investor. He was some, he's somebody that, that likes doing well by doing good. Right. And I hadn't heard of that term at the time, but it resonated with me. And so we started making investments as Tress, um, the Hess, H-E-S-S. He's the T-R, Tropy, Osher Tropy. And we created Tress back in 2013 and started making investments in the cannabis space and, you know, never looked back. And so for me, cannabis, you know, like it looks like I may be consuming a lot of cannabis, but for me, it's, you know, they wanted to amputate my leg. They imagine the bottom of your foot and then scooping out, you know, a good portion of it right in the middle, right? Where all that, you know, right in the bottom of your foot, you know, especially for someone who was an athlete and growing up playing sports, that's, that's tough. And then doing it again, right? Not much left in the foot other than like the skeleton, you know, and like my toes are like this because they have to cut the nerve. And so when they put it back together, my toes ended up like this. So yeah, it's, it's rough. So instead of the, you know, 300 opiates that they literally prescribe every month, you know, I can take cannabis, you know, obviously I've developed, you know, uh, a bit of a tolerance, you know, but, you know, I, 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 would rather, you know, take a little bit more, you know, or too much of cannabis, um, you know, than, than an opiate, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's, it's been this like love affair for can of cannabis, you know, for forever, you know, and it's, I see things through, through so many different lenses, you know, I'm talking forever. <laughs> I apologize. Hold on, I can hear you. Hold on. You on mute? Oops, there we go. Sorry. Um, yeah, we. Um, it, you're talking about how it like literally changed your quality of life when uh, you were on chemo, and more people just need to be open. I, I mean, obviously, you're a little bit younger than you know some of the people who went through the reefer madness you know, type things who like are so against like any kind of medical marijuana. But yeah, I mean, literally going from not eating, you know, taking Marinol to now you want to hang out with people, eat wings, you know, I, I don't even know how long you would go in between eating, but I've just heard some horror stories about people on chemo. Like literally, Yeah. Weeks. Like, you know, like I remember at the beginning of the second round, I literally had them <clears throat> give me these, I don't even remember what pill it was, but they, they knocked me out basically. I said, you need to knock me out and wake me up when this is done. And they would do that. In the morning, they would give me a pill, right? It was like some kind of crazy anti-anxiety pill or something really, really strong that like I would sleep almost 24 hours. I mean, I would sleep most of the day. So no, I was definitely not eating. I was getting all my you know nutrients through IV and I was inpatient, right? Um, and that's why it was like when I would say to my friends, yeah, bring wings and I'm craving, you know, whatever from whatever restaurant they'd be like, 
uh, what? <laughs> you know, I came the other day and you were like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you didn't look like you were wanting wings. I'm like, well, I do now, you know? And it was, you know, Marinol. It was because those, you know, I couldn't get out of bed when I was, you know, just getting all that treatment. And it was, it was so tough where I would just like knock me out. And like, so I couldn't get out of bed and medicate with cannabis and just be myself, you know? Yeah. And so I saw what like a plant medicine can do versus, you know, other medicines. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm not knocking traditional medicine. I think there's a path for that as well. And obviously, you know, I'm, you know, obvious, you know, I'm not saying whether or not, you know, cannabis cured me, right. There is, um, there are studies that prove that certain amounts of cannabis, certain types of, of, of strains can actually cause what's called apoptosis, which is insane. It causes the cancer cells to like, just like cut off its own blood supply and they just die. And so can, can cannabis be the cure to cancer? Yeah. You know, and we're learning a lot more about it. Now for me, I'm here, you know, and knock on wood, it's, you know, it, it's, it's been a while and, you know, I'm strong and I don't take the opiates and, and, you know, it's all because of cannabis for me. Well, it's funny how we think like, um, like you said, it's not the traditional way, but I mean, the traditional ways I feel were like way back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And like a lot of these drugs that are out right now are all man-made within the last like hundred years or so. I mean, it's, it's these herbs that were curing people for like years and years. So I'm sure cannabis was used as a, as a medical healer for a lot more years than any of the stuff that they're prescribing now. That's for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, there's been there's been citations of cannabis that go back to, I mean, way way back, way back. You know, we're talking like biblical times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! And just like Smokey said on Friday, like God put this here for me and you. You know, it's from the earth. Weed is from the earth. Take advantage. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but um yeah but it's 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 uh you know yeah it, it was football and, and cannabis that got me through a bunch of tough times bro it was uh you know i, would, I remember just really looking forward to to weekends and and you know starting thursday night you know and and just the weekends i mean otherwise it was just a disaster during the week you know that maybe a few movies but like that's what I would like look forward to these little like moments in time, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the yeah. rest will just like wake me up when it's over, you know. And we got a couple people who know uh, what you're going through. Wink and Willie says uh, I smoked a blunt during my treatment of radiation. Wow. Yep. And then Stu paralyzed, um, <clears throat> paralyzed for me, paired with smoking weed since I was 16, 43. Now I can glance back as a kid arguing for the legalization of medical use now older with actual medical use and need for pain, relief, appetite. Yeah. And I believe Stu, I think is paralyzed from wow. the chest down. Um, so yeah, someone who I know is a huge advocate for marijuana and someone that, I mean, helps him in his day-to-day -day life, just, uh, you know, functioning with different types of pain. So, yeah, for sure. And, then, and anxiety, not to mention, yeah, that's for sure. Just felt good. Now I argue the same for legalization, but <laughs> I'm the old man actually using it medically. And it, yeah, and there we go. T3, chest down. Wow. And 
even though we like, I don't know, <clears throat> even though we still like to use it for recreation, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have medical uses at the same time. So that that's one thing that I feel like once that starts getting through to a lot of these older people, like just because some people do like to use it for fun, it, it does help medical stuff at the exact same time. And um, yeah, one, one day some of these stigmas are going to get broken down. That's for sure. We're, we're, we're getting there. We've got 15 states with, with adult use from the, you know, I mean, the West Coast. I mean, you can carve out most of it, you know, until you start getting to states, you know, that are starting to push back, right? And even those states, most of them have CBD laws, you know. And now on the East Coast, New Jersey, Massachusetts, you've got, you know, New York is about to pass the laws and going all the way down, Florida has got the medical laws already, but they're going to get their adult use soon. And, and man, you've got Illinois in the middle, Michigan, I mean, Oklahoma now, where if you've got $2,500 and a dream, <laughs> you can, you can go and, and become a cannabis entrepreneur and it's oh, easy, you know, go move to Oklahoma and start a cannabis business. <laughs> Um, you know, you can, you know, go sell it to someone for hundreds of millions of dollars. Do it, you know. Um, now you're getting the gears turning, man. That's what you're doing. You're getting the gears well, turning. Yeah, I know what rent is in Southern California. You know, I mean, it's tough, and people are are like migrating out. Trust me, my entire family is still in in Southern California, in California, and most in Southern California, and. Uh, you know, the dream has always been like, go back. And again, I, you know, before COVID, I was back several times a year, you know? Um, and now it's like, you know, people are like leaving Cali. I mean, my heart's in Cali, you know, so I don't know, but I'll, I'll still like, you know, likely end up back there. But, um, you know, I, I could see, I could see why it's tempting to move to some of these other states and Oklahoma would be right at the top, you know, for now. Is that all, is that all you need is 2,500 bucks to be yeah. able to get a license there? Yeah. And it's unlimited. <laughs> They're not like these other states. They're like, nah, you need that. No, you know, or a state like New York, which I mean, they're not going to license off. I mean, there's going to be a raffle, but maybe. And if it does, it will only be for, you know, you know certain companies that, that were already doing certain things. And so there will be plenty of licenses available for, for others. But yeah, no, that Oklahoma is like, you know, whoever wants to come on, come all. you know, how about it? Yeah. And then guess what? What happens when our the, the state borders start opening up. You know where Oklahoma is, right? Smack in the middle of the U.S., right? So that would be a great hopping point, right? Um, great hub for a brand that wants yeah. to start putting product everywhere. Oklahoma could be very interesting. So, yeah, you know. You're getting uh, the gears turning, like I said, especially now where I'm not, like, held down to any, like, certain spot. Who knows? Um Cause yeah, just building something up and selling it for a lot of money in a couple years when it really blows up in that area. That uh, yeah, interesting. Our, interesting. Our people have started to do that, right? In most of the states that you you know heard you know people talking about, yeah. Uh, but that's there's only 15 of those. So now think of all the other big states, Texas, New York. Like there are some big states that haven't turned on yet. So there's no like reinventing any wheels. Just look yeah. what they did in the other states. I mean, it's been a while since places like 
Colorado, Washington, Oregon, like legalized adult. Yeah. Right. It's been a while. You know, kids were born and are now like bar mitzvah, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's a while. And so they know what's going on. And, um, you know, a lot of them will, will partner with you and like, you know, you don't have to reinvent any wheels. Um, and a lot of them are looking, I mean, how, how do you create a brand, you, you know, right now when the borders are closed? Yeah. It's sort of like this quasi franchise model. And either you're doing it under a holding company and and you've got a bunch of different brands and under a bunch of different entities and a bunch of different states you know multi-state operators or you are collaborating with others and you know you're figuring it out in, in other ways and other structures but you know it's not like you know you want to build a brand in cannabis it's super simple right now a national brand you know you still yeah. gonna have to get creative and it, I guarantee you there are going to be people in states like Oklahoma that like are going to hit that lottery, you know? Heck yeah. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So getting back to it, getting back to your investment firm, what, yeah. are, what are some of the, uh, the bigger companies that uh, you've invested in? You mentioned SC labs and I know they're very well known here in California as one of the main uh, testing labs for marijuana. Yeah. So testing was like a no brainer right for us we've got you know some of those like high net worth individuals i mentioned earlier that i had known growing up were like from the diamond industry right and like you know you look at a at a rock you don't know if it's worth 10 million dollars if it's worth ten thousand dollars if it's worth a million dollars like how do you know right for the naked eye a jeweler doesn't know right lest they look under a loop and even still they don't know they need to send it to a third-party lab to be verified that this is the color, this is the cut, this is the shape, right? And so now you can charge that that high dollar amount or not, right? Whatever it is, based on this third-party test, right? And then also at some point, I was selling product into like Walmart, and and that's a whole nother story. But I knew that like we didn't send any product there unless it was third-party tested. So I said. Same thing's gonna happen with cannabis, right? And this is like way, way early. I mean, I started investing as Tress in 2013. If you think about it, right? The the now everyone's like, oh yeah, I got my cannabis tested, right? I mean, that only was le that that became law in 2018, only a few years ago in yeah. California, right? I've been doing yep. this, you know longer than that. Like, it was, no, it was tested? Why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what? And they're gonna find out what I'm spring, you know, like. So, <laughs> You know, so, you know, there was no testing going on for a while, but I saw that like, you know, every dispensary, you know, here and there I would go to, people were asking for, oh, that there's, there's a number, there's like X percent THC, X percent CBN, X percent, you know, CBD, and some of these other early, you know, minor cannabinoids they were identifying, you know, I'm like, ooh, you know, they're lab testing, right? And I started hearing about you know, SC labs, because some of that's where my boys were going and, and getting their things tested because they were the ones that were reputable. Right. And since, you know, I mean, they were, they've been doing now that they're judging the Emerald cup, you know, for, for over a decade now. I mean, and so in terms of who does the culture trust to test, that's where I was going and SC labs. Right. Um, so yeah, we early, that was like a, again, a no brainer for us. We, we wanted to invest in, in them. Um, and then, uh, we invested in a couple other early technology companies, right? Because again, 
You know, it seems a little odd, right? You think, all right, well, you know, go investing in a bunch of different cultivations. So for me, it was like, I thought about it. And then, you know, my partner, this guy I brought up from Wall Street, he was like, listen, we want to make the most impact, right, uh, with, with our dollars right now. And we want to be able to show investors back, you know, this is what we were thinking back then, right, that in five, six, seven years from now, we want some of these, you know, you know, bigger winners that we could show as a proof of concept to, to, to some investors that reinvest, you know, in more funds. So we could do that with some cultivations, but it might not have as big of an impact or yeah. we could invest in what we thought were the legs of the cannabis industry. Yeah. So like an SC labs and like this next company called headset, right? Headset is like the Nielsen. You've heard of Nielsen ratings for, for TV or for whatever. It's, it's, you know, if you're looking for data, right, um, in cannabis, I mean, especially on the um, on the uh, SKU, on the SKU side, like what brands are selling for what, you, you log on to headset, right? And you can see who's buying what, you know, because listen, if you want to start a pre-roll company, right, or if I want to invest in a pre-roll company, right, or I want to be a cultivator. I mean, you can't just like, I have a gut feeling and I want to do this and, and just run with it. No one does things like that, right? Not in the, you know, big boy world, Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson. They're not like uh, sitting behind a desk one day and thinking, oh, you know, I had a dream last night. I'm going to make this flavor of Coca-Cola. No, they do a bunch of, you know, t uh, test markets, you know, and they look at the data. Um, and so, and then once they have data, they know exactly how to make it. Everything is data, right? Everything is measured. And so it was a no brainer for us. We got to be in with the guys that, that are, that are getting all the data. And so if you, if you heard of this, this uh, website called Leafly, you heard of Leafly? Yep. Yeah, so Leafly, we're like back in the day, there weren't many websites, right? But Leafly started pretty early. And it was like the Yelp, right? Still is. Yeah. Right? But it was like the Yelp of cannabis, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Who who are the tech guys behind that? And uh, okay, so back then I was going to these shows. Now you can go to a show, you know, pre-COVID, but going to a show in Vegas, there were like 35, 40 thousand people at the last MJ Biz, right? Yeah. When I started, there were like 300 people. You know, so it was like not hard, especially on the investor, not hard, you know, like for people, oh, yeah, a line of everybody who's looking, you know, to, you know, for that has an opportunity. Right. And so I, I it, you know, I had started speaking with these guys and as soon as they had sold off to they were one of the first exits in, in cannabis, they sold to privateer, uh, private equity firm early private equity firm like we were in, in cannabis they sold to them um and uh you know they started headset we were like yeah let's let's you know let's let's get in with with with, uh, with those guys right and so today headset is like you know the place like i said for for data you know um they moved, they've got that in canada now they've got data in in several states in, in you know all the major states in in uh in the u.s and they're just expanding more and more and more they're doing things really 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 well establishing establishing themselves as a you know a company you know a solid solid company um before you know taking it to to that next level and and we've been investing with them along the way you know um 
you know, and yeah, we, 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 we invested in cannabis now, right? Uh, cannabis now, I mean, when's the last time you saw a commercial, right, on your, you know, uh, uh, about cannabis? You don't. I mean, yeah. can't. I mean, there's been talk about they tried the Super Bowl, right? And, and they couldn't do it. And that kind of worked because it was cool PR. How like, here's the commercial that didn't air in the Super Bowl, but you could watch it on YouTube. So like, <laughs> they got a lot of you know, ads. You know, they got a lot of people watching, which, which was great. And, you know, maybe even somewhat their intention. Um, but, you know, you can't, right? And so there's a limited you know, place that brands can build, you know, can, can actually become a brand. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, all right, I'm looking around who's got the big brand and I'm looking around and Facebook, you know, cannabis now has got 4 million followers. Right. And so there's high times and there's cannabis now, right. These were at the time, like the two big ones. Right. And high times I, I'm, you know, very, very friendly with, you know, the, all the people, not all the people, but, you know, Adam and, and, and others at the top, and I love high times, and and it just you know cannabis. Now we felt we could at the time add more value to, right? And then you know for our investors that equals like a higher return, right? So it was not anything about not doing anything with high times. It was more about we just again thought we could do a little bit more, have more of an impact with cannabis now. And so, yeah, since then, I mean, Cannabis Now, they started in Berkeley, like in 2010, but like they were the first ones in Barnes and Noble, right? So when you started seeing like, damn, you know, like years ago when people were going to Barnes and Noble, right? There's like Cannabis, yeah, it was Cannabis Now, right? Um, or if you were at an airport, right? When you were at those, uh, you know, those like stores at the airport, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you're looking at the Cannabis magazines, Cannabis now is right there, you know. Yeah. So we're like, oh, perfect. They're normalizing, you know, a little bit also in a different way than maybe some of those other names, you know, that were out there already. Like, you know, you know, I don't know if I'm on an airplane and I'm opening up some magazines, but like if I'm opening up a cannabis now, you know, like they've had President, you know, like Obama on a, on the front cover, like you know, like you can open that up, and it was, you know, it was helping normalize and like usher in this next, you know, this next generation of, um, of, uh, of cannabis, you know, users and, and patients and whomever, right. And soccer moms, yeah. everybody in between. Right. And so we're like, all right, let's, let's get with cannabis. Now we made an investment with cannabis now. And since then, right. Not only is it, you know, just a, you know, a magazine, right. Where, where, you know, everybody from led companies to you know genetic companies to you know to puffco to everyone in between can you know build their brands um but we also ended up building out a retail store um in la right um and opening up to to cbd right there are a lot of people that you know just wanted cbd right maybe that was foreign to me but i accepted the fact right that there are people that just want cbd yeah they're not gonna walk into a dispensary and how do I, how are they gonna find someone that is knowledgeable that can that can talk to them about cbd where it's not like at a gas station kind of thing, yeah you know? or just like random online yeah, and perfect. so boom this is a magazine this is a brand that people can trust right and so we started speaking with with some friends who had done it with you ever heard of l magazine so 
L Magazine is like E L L E. L Magazine. It's yeah. like it's this big like you know fashion magazine. And so the people that took L Magazine from not only just the fashion magazine but also a retail store came to us and they were like you know do you have any you know do you think any brands can can make this transition we're like perfect yes cannabis now you know they've got this four million plus reach of people that you know they see something in a magazine i want that how do i get it right same thing with l magazine i want that you know fashionable item be it a couch or a, a dress or whatever or sunglasses how do i get that you can get on this e-commerce site now you, or you can get at this retail location well, we wanted to do the same thing with cannabis now, so we opened that up. And so just expanding, expanding, expanding. We're hopefully going to be doing more things with them on, on the THC side with dispensaries and licensing and branding. Because like I said, anybody right now, whether you're in a smaller state like Oklahoma or New Jersey or a bigger state like California, you know, you've got these bigger brands, but you also have a bunch of mom and pops and people that have got in early on these licenses that yep. could command a much bigger value, right? If they were to band together under a, a, a name like a cannabis now, right? All be like cannabis now branded shops, right? Um, but that they'd get the lion's share of, 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 uh, of, the, of the profits and, and you know, everything. Um, you're just licensing the name, really. Um, it's like you see that with a lot of things you know, a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels, a lot of it. it should be that way in cannabis as well, right? And high time to yeah. do that now. Um, but you don't have to own the dispensary. You can license the the name cannabis now. We started doing that with with a, a couple of different products as well. We did it with a G Pen, we did it with some edible companies, and you can go get the right. cannabis now version of whatever you saw them selling, you know. Um sweet. So, you know, we're we enabled, you know, companies to sort of take it from like you know, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour when they're getting started to like kick it into the next year, 40, 50, right? And then either take them even to the next year or prepare them as they get into the next year and maybe even introduce them to that next year um, and all the way until exit, right? Um, and, and that's what we do, you know? And so we've invested like all over the place. We've invested... We invested in a company that was doing events. Like I said, you know, that event that had 40,000 people, I started thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't invest in the event, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, like I was, I was joking around who, who was making the most money in the cannabis industry early? It were the airlines, right? And the lawyers, because people were traveling and like, it was like the traveling circus, you know, I felt sometimes, you know, you're going from show to show to show to show to show. And it's like, yeah. The airlines are winning and, and the attorneys are winning because they're constantly writing up all these contracts, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, um, I forgot where I was even going to go with that, but. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. How about we get into some uh, some fantasy football talk? That's yeah. what a lot of people are here watching. Um, fantasy, love fantasy football. When did you get into it? That's how we met, bro. I, bro, so I'm only two years in, or I'm like, uh, you know, like a newbie when it comes to fantasy football. Um, but like when I, I, you know, maybe I'm a Scorpio, maybe that's why, I don't know why, but when I get into something, I can tell with cannabis, when I get into something, I 
get into it, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like looking up, you know, you know, I, I started getting to fantasy football. Why? Because so in my, you know, in the cannabis industry, there are probably, you know, now there may be a few hundred firms like Tress that do what I do. Um, out of those few hundred, maybe like a hundred of them are like maybe like-minded, you know, um, people you'd want to kick it with kind of a thing. Um, and so we started forming like a, a chat, right. And just sharing things, encouraging and whatever with one another along the way. So happens to be one of these guys, right. Was a pro football player. He was a quarterback, right. And, and he played he played college, he, he played pro, um, and he, 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 very cool guy. Now he's on the investment side, right? Anyways, so he started this league, right? A fantasy football league. And I thought to any guests, Tress, if, we're, if we want to join, he's putting together, you know, this is two years ago. He wants to put together fantasy football. And I said, sounds great. You know, it's, it's just like a, a really cool way. I like football. And it was, I wanted, I obviously had heard about fantasy football, but like never really did anything about it. I heard about it, but that was it. Um, and, but this was like a really cool way to network with, with some peers in my industry where we're not like always talking about business. You know, we can start to get to know each other a little bit on a different level. But at the same time, and I hope they're not like, listening right now right <laughs> i i needed i needed looking up i'm not just gonna walk in and, and be like an idiot in this league because these are like my peers you know and i'm representing dress right i'm not gonna walk in there and i'm like an o and like an eight o and nine rig. i'm just like not gonna like that's not gonna happen right <laughs> i need to like hook up with who knows you know just get as much info as i can you know and so i find you fairly early right luckily not the first season granted last season my first season i did not find you and i didn't do like terribly but i'm not even like okay so when i was picking my team i was like i didn't even know what to do i was like i knew play, but i didn't know how many wide receivers how many, i would follow like what is matt doing he's a fucking he's a quarterback you know he didn't know how to play so like this got a quarterback i'm gonna pick a quarterback now he picked two wide receivers. Now I'm picking two wide receivers. And it was just like, guys, I were like, oh, yeah, I like, you know, I love the Raiders. You know, um, he's on the Raiders. And it was not, there was zero strategy. And that didn't really work out. <laughs> that well. Right? And it's also like 14 deep, you know, or 16 teams deep. Like, it's a deep league. Okay, you know? nice. And so, like, you got to have, you know, pretty early in the draft, like, you got to know what you're doing. Or, like. You know, or you got to know what's going on in the waivers, but I didn't even know what waivers were. Like, it was like, you know, I needed, like, to really understand what was going on. So I'd have a leg up. And I understood that, like, out of all these teams, no one was going to go full force like I was. Right. And I could look pretty good if I, like, you know, <laughs> start really getting this down. And so that's what happened. And, and I started after the first year. I'm like, that's it. I'm not going into this the same way. And I looked on YouTube and I found two, I would say two sources that I trusted the most, right? And it actually goes to things what you say, um, but the two sources I trusted the most was a medical, if you want, I'll say it, but otherwise you may- Yeah, yeah, go for it. it, it it's, it's like the, 
Um, it's like the 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 sports doctors, something like that. Okay. Um, I can tell you exactly if you want, but they're actually really, really good. Yeah, I don't uh, hate on anybody here. We all got we all got good fantasy football content. Fantasy doctors. Fantasy the, doctors. Yeah. I've heard of them. Bro, look them up, bro. They're like the second someone like someone gets like blown on and they fall down. You know, like they're writing about it and they're telling you exactly why. And in your opinion, like bro, I dropped Kittle because I'm like, I'm not going to be the idiot that like hoards things. It's guy hoard shit, you know? I'm not going to yeah. hoard, you know, Kittle and keep him on my bench, right? I'm dropping him, right? I'm watching <laughs> fantasy doctors at like 2 a.m. They're like, don't drop Kittle. He's got this like injury to his foot that he'll be fine in like three, four weeks. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? Right? I hope so I, quickly I go back, right? I'm like, hope that no one sees him, you know, like no one knows I did. I was gonna like publicize that, you know, I'm not a hoarder. No, anything like that. And slowly when he was available to be picked up again off waivers, I picked him back up, you know, but like things like that. I would watch, I would watch him, right? And then I was looking for and I found some of the other big ones, you know, but Every time I would ask a question, right, I, I really wouldn't get an answer, right? And so you, right, were like answering immediately, number one. Number two, you were, you know, into cannabis, you know? And again, maybe it's because of that hustler attitude. Maybe it's that entrepreneur in you. I don't know what, but, you know, I just resonated, you know, with you. And, bro, I, I went to the championships this year. Granted, there was some luck. It wasn't all the three, you know, with the hustler and and trust and 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 all that. It was, it was a little bit of luck, bro. One night, <laughs> you don't even believe this. So, and it was on my birthday. Okay, I <laughs> lost. I lost by one point. By one point. Okay. The next morning, okay, I lost the undefeated team, and I was so pissed because I should have put someone on the bench. It was a whole thing, and. Right, I would have won if I didn't do that, and I had McCaffrey and Kittle right early on, so I was handcuffed. I mean, I had first picked this year, and I picked McCaffrey, thinking I was such a smart guy, which I probably was, you know. <laughs> but you know, again, I'm trying to look really smart, right? <laughs> People, and now I'm looking like an idiot, and. You know, so there I was, and because they've got all these great people. I mean, granted, some also flopped, you know, but not as much as I mean, having McCaffrey, it was screwed. And so, because also it's a snake draft, right? So, with deep team, so you know, like it's tough. And 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 yeah, if if it wasn't for you, right? I'm 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 done, right? <laughs> I'm done. I'm I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere. So it was, it was a team, a team effort. And, and it's on my birthday, listen to this on my birthday. I'm I said to my best friend, right. I'm like, dude, I'm depressed. It's my birthday. It's like, what? I'm like, I just lost to the undefeated team, right. <laughs> By one point, one point. And you know what? Let's turn it off. I'm not going to let it get to me. Usually I watch I'm already on to the next week, you know, at a certain point on to the next week. I'm like, I'm not even going to do that tonight. I'm just going to like chill next morning. I turn on. I said, you know what? Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if they miscalculated? Yeah. Sometimes, right? Sometimes that happens. And it did. It did. <laughs> and I won. And that came. <laughs> 
right, put me over the edge. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I needed that game to win, right? I ended up like with 10 wins, but without that correction, right, I, I, I wouldn't have. I came, in at, I came into the playoffs at the sixth seed, right? I got sort of cocky at the end, right? <laughs> I only had like two or three losses. And I'm like, all right, I can like pick up people off waivers. I was like stacking defenses. I was like way over analyzing, right? <laughs> and like, I'm like, I can lose the next game. I can lose the next game. You know, next thing I know, I'm like, shit, I got to win this last game or I'm out, right? So I came in as the sixth seed, luckily, right? And and um, I came in second place, right? So I won. It was It's a $250 entry. So I won, like, just under 1200 bucks, right, which was awesome, my second year. Right? And and um, the winning team was headset. So <laughs> It's like a, I can't be, I can't hate it. You know what I mean? They're in our portfolio, yeah. so it's all good. You know, it's it's a it's a bunch of the investment guys, you know, and and and, and ladies and ladies. Um, uh, actually, the ladies were better than the guys, which I call. <laughs> by the way, um, and and uh, two or three, uh, you know, big brands in, in in the industry. But it's so cool. It's so cool that we do that. And yeah, that's that's how I met you. And then you and I, so I'm watching you one day and you're like sick, right? And you're like, good talk, right? And I'm like, bro, you got to eat an edible. You're like trying to smoke. And I'm like, you got to eat an edible. And you're so I take, go eat an edible. And you're like, I just don't have any. And I'm like, well, that's going to end now, right? I said, you know, because my friends make something called the magical butter machine, right? And I'm like, I got it. You have a magical butter machine? No. All right. Send you magic. It took for, it was like around Christmas time. <laughs> so talk about like snail mail, right? It took like way longer than it was supposed to. I'm like going, I'm, I'm calling the warehouse. I'm like, I thought you said it sent it. And they're like, I'm like, you're making me look bad. <laughs> like, I swear to God. And they're like, uh, can you imagine them on their side? They're like, we're going to get fucking fired. You better, we told them we sent it. And I'm like, you know, they sent it obviously because one day it's like it got there. So I'm like, thank God, you know. Um, but that, and then a dab rig that that you know people send cannabis now items for cannabis now to test and then talk about right in you know online and uh, in the magazine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so yeah. I remember you also talking about how your wife likes dabs, and so I was like, all right, we're, let's let's get those out to him, and uh, yeah, just sort of like. The, the relationships uh been blossoming but uh yeah. yeah you to thank for coming in second and not looking like a fool this season and actually <laughs> first because you know i take it i take it <laughs> i take it serious now oh yeah and and really for me i'm in so many leagues i just have to win more money than all my buy-ins are and i've been i've been successful at that at the the last handful of years and like even this year i played in 20 leagues and um Still wasn't and and uh, twenty, yeah, two zero. How do you keep track? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there was a couple games that I messed up, um, but uh, I, I just had like I would literally set my alarm on my phone, like <laughs> waiver wire, <laughs> and just go down. Also, for those say that again. Are you the commissioner? Not of all those, I was probably the commissioner of maybe like four or five of those, bro. Listen to this. I'm the commi- I'm well. I'm co-commissioner now. How did that happen? Right. <laughs> so one day, I'm 
I, I, it was like, it must have been like a, a Thursday night game where it was a game like that was already played, right? And this was a meaningful game and it was against an, a nemesis, okay, <laughs> right? In, in fantasy, okay, they won the championship in, in previous years, right? And I'm like, no, we cannot lose to these guys, right? And sure enough, right? Um, sure enough, he has a guy in that like wasn't playing. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. if he's not paying, <laughs> happens. So I get a call the next day. Right or like two days later, something like that. Like you know, if it was a Thursday, it must have been like a couple days later. And it's like, yeah, so, uh, from the commissioner, right? Who I'm friends with, and he's the quarterback, right? So he's like, so he's like, you know, he called me and he told me he meant to change it, and before the game started, blah 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 blah. Do you mind? Da, da, da. I know he's playing you, and you know, and I'm like thinking to myself, do I mind? Yes, <laughs> you know, but I can't say yes, right? Does anyone know what I'm So I'm like, I can't say yes, you know, I'm like, do I mind? And so, all right, you know, I still won, thing, thank God. I won that yeah. game, um, you know, that match. But, you know, he, he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to make you co-commissioner now. <laughs> How does that make it better? <laughs> right? But like, okay, you know, um, but, like, I hear that. Like, maybe it was, like, a lot on his shoulders and, like, he had to do other things, too. And I get that, you know? 14 teams and so on. But, like, you know, you've got, like, your 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 phone. You've got, you know, your iPad. You've got so many ways these days, like, and so much time to kind of figure things out. Like, yeah, unless you're really last second, you know, which I hear some people are. Uh, not everybody's watching The Hustler. And I hear that. <laughs> I, I would I, I would always remind people because I'd probably be the guy that would be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. I'm still going to beat you anyways, you know, type thing. Right. That's exactly yeah. what I said. Exactly. But like deep down. Oh, yeah. You don't want to lose. Yeah. But I'd always remind people like, you know, if you win this game, you know, there's an asterisk next to this game. Exactly. Like no matter what. what. I, so, I mean, you, you, you're going to be the one to make the choice yeah. of what you want to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, bro, but it was, uh, but yeah, it's good times. And, and that's how, like, I really got into fantasy. Um, and like I said, like when I get in, I get in, you know, yeah. and I'm taking notes. I, you don't want to see my book. I've got, I'm like, and it, it, I, I'm charts and Excel spreadsheets and I get crazy, um, but it's fun. And now you're throwing IDP and Dynasty my way. Let's go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's get into more. And here we go. Stu, I run a nonprofit uh, dream to walk in one of our best sponsors. I met via weed gig years ago. Yes. He ran a company for uh, fantasy football drafts league and introduced them to me at a 2003 something and uh, they still support us I, I like it awesome yeah Stu's got a nonprofit. he's doing big well, things we're talking about i mean there are so many you know similarities between people that really like fantasy football and people that like cannabis you know yeah. and i haven't found too many people online that you know do this you know that like publicize like you know a group and gather people together behind this passion and 
you know, it's fun and it's a great distraction, especially, yeah. you know, last year, you know, during COVID, it couldn't have been a better distraction. Yeah. Um, and especially we're all home, you know, we're all, you know, medicating and during football season, you know, this was perfect. And now you're telling me we could do it after football season? Even better. You know, nonstop. Now I don't know when I'm getting my work done. I mean, you, <laughs> season, you think my eyes are are, are are this way now? You should have seen me in football season. <laughs> you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I like right. it. Right? When do you sleep? Right? Yeah. Passion, right? It, it's just like you'll sleep. You know, I used to say I sleep on the airplane because they said I used to travel, you know, that's when I like to sleep. But now I don't know. I'll figure it out. When I'll sleep, I don't like you. As a league manager, I can't make people adjust their roster, but even if they see one team with someone on by, I always send a message, uh, mass text to another whole league to go. Uh, yeah, just a general text, one person. So we, yeah, we sure. do that too. Like, and not a mass text, although we do have like a, a mass chat, right? Text thing, but like, you know, the person, it's like the gentleman, you know, thing to do. Like, I do that personally. You know, or if I've also done it where, like, I mean, is it weird to, like, watch the other games? I watch the other games, too. I, like, watch their scores and see what's going on. So, like, I know who's playing who. You know, I'm watching what's going on. And so, yeah, if I see that so-and-so didn't put, you know, someone in and it's, like, you know, Sunday and it's, like, it's, you know, time's running out. I'll get, I'll shoot off a text, you know, especially if yeah. I'm trying to make a trade with them at some point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I warned you about that. Keep that in mind, you know, because now I want to do this trade, and and, and it works here's, out. Here's what I like to do. Here, here's a good strategy if you don't play in a lot of leagues. Literally after after Sunday's game, bench everybody for the next uh, the next week. Just put them all on your bench. And then periodically throughout the week, you're just going to have to go pay attention, go put people in. But if you make that move, you remember that you're going to have to do things by Thursday. You remember you're going to have to do things by Sunday. And also, it, like, mind fucks your opponent, too. Like, some, there, someone's always going to text you, like, what are you doing? Like, why did you put everybody on your bench or something? And if you get that text, it means you've already fucked them over in the head. Yeah. <laughs> And here we go. Stu always makes me read paragraphs, and he he uh, he misspelled on his. Supposed to say my weed guy, not gig. Introduced me to the company sponsor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, weed guys. They know everybody. Are and always will be the best middlemans. You know, they know everybody because everybody buys weed, right? <laughs> For a reason. Things don't work without the plug. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. One of my favorite things to talk about, uh, especially while smoking uh, cannabis, is just, you know, about movies in general. What would you say is your top five all-time cannabis movies? So, um, top five? Okay. Uh, Friday? Yeah. Okay. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker. Uh, that's one. <laughs> um, half baked. <laughs> baked. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's two. <coughs> uh, how about Pineapple Express? Seth Rogen. <laughs> By the way, Seth Rogen just comes out right now with a brand called House. Uh, so you'll be seeing that everywhere now. He's 
bringing that sort of, you know, stoner-ish vibe, you know, into cannabis, into the industry, building a brand around it. Yeah. Um, so Pineapple Express, definitely. Uh, Got to give you a Cheech and Chong one. Uh, Up in Smoke. Nice. That. Let's finish off with the Big Lebowski. You ever see that one? Jeff Bridges, John Goodman. The dude. Yes. Come show me your fucking job is. <laughs> I love it. Dude, Classic cool. movie. Classic movie. Yep. <coughs> I like it. Half Baked's one of my favorites. Cheech and Chong Up and Smoke, definitely one of my favorites. I do have a soft spot for Cheech and Chong's next movie, though. I, I like that one. Um, I do also like... Have you seen the third one, Nice Dreams? Do you remember that one? Mm -mm. So they had uh, they they go to somebody's house. Um, they go to somebody's house, uh, huge ass mansion, and they just go into. Uh, they go under a pool. Like if you're looking from the top, there's like these helicopters that were following them, and it looks like a pool, but it's really just like a blue tarp covering like a crazy, like insane grow up. And um, Cheech and Chong are going in and they're like talking to the guy and they're like just taking buds off of everywhere and stuffing um, trash bags and stuff. Sure. Like they're wild. I'm going to that tonight. For sure. What's funny is now Cheech, I mean, I literally just did a, not just, it was a few months ago, a few months ago, um, did a, a you know, digital. We did a, we're on a panel together. So it's, it's funny how these things like, he was one of those, you know, when I'm in the hospital lying there, you know, just like eating it and, and chilling, you know, watching Up in Smoke, you know, laughing because of him. And now here I am. And he's pitching me <laughs> to invest in his company. So it's it's a it's a funny, uh, funny way things work like that. I'll always laugh it up and smoke. It's just so much stupid shit like in that movie. And like just even like stepping on the like cereal, like right in the beginning of the movie. It's like so stupid, but like so real life though. If you have like kids. <laughs> so many bucks. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Oh, and here Stu says we can't be friends anymore, hustler. Don't <coughs> don't spread the bench. Um the bench, uh, the roster. Oh, the Corey benches the roster shit in fantasy basketball, and you hate that. Man, he, I don't know if he got that from me, but I know I talked about that a lot. It just uh, mind fucks your opponents. And, do you do uh, other fantasy? What do you do fantasy other sports or just or? We started a fantasy basketball league. Um, I don't pay attention too much to it because like. Corey and uh, and Brady, those guys are just destroying us. Like they stay up till midnight to make all their waiver moves and shit. And like, yeah, they uh, they're on a different level. <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy in football. I'm the guy that like like 1:47 a.m. You know, that's me. You know, like I'm on it. <laughs> you know, football's different because it's just one day of the week. Like this is like literally seven days of the week. I can't even imagine the people that do that for basketball <laughs> or baseball, like multiple game, like one game. You know, a week provides plenty of data to sift through, and it's like yeah. a stock market. You're basically a stock analyst if you're right. If you're watching yeah. these teams. And all their stats. I mean, it's it's got to be a lot. A These lot. guys are nuts. Yeah, it, it's just a twenty dollar league, so um, it's just one of those things. I'll let those guys fight it out for it. 
Corey and Brady, those guys are going to be fighting. Stu's still in it. But, yeah, it's uh, it's getting pretty ugly right now. <laughs> I'm more excited about our football drafts that we're doing right now that the leagues aren't going to start for fucking months or anything. But, yeah, it's going to be good times. Our dynasty leagues are super sick because everything that I do for my league, especially now, I'm trying to make it more of an experience. So whenever we – so – these first couple leagues, we did it with like a WWF theme um, where you pick a wrestler to like represent your team. And that's like a draft that we do before our actual like player draft. Are you picking like current wrestlers? You're talking about like Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, well, so nobody actually picked Jake the Snake Roberts, but uh, in this last draft, we did tag teams or factions. So like DX was one of the top guys. NWO was up there. Um yeah, a lot of classics. And then for the first ones that we did, we actually picked wrestlers. And I ended up getting stone cold in both of the drafts somehow. And, uh, yeah, The Rock was drafted pretty high. Who else? Uh, Triple H was drafted pretty high. HBK and Ric Flair, those guys were out there. But, yeah, it, it was fun. So how does that work? You're attaching that to how does that work? So they're representing our team, and we and we have a little side pot within the dynasty with within the dynasty league. So whoever scores the whoever scores the most amount of points in the first week is the raw champion, um, quote unquote. And then whoever scores the second most points is the SmackDown champion. Then whoever plays those guys next week has a chance to win that belt if they beat them. So whoever holds the belts for the most weeks. Um, they go up against each other in week 16 for like a $50 side pot. <laughs> It'll be just something, something fun. Uh, I just like adding a little twist within the, within the dynasty league somehow. I love it. It keeping your, your audience engaged, you know, the, the meat, it sounds like the meat and potatoes, right. Is, is, uh, you know, the secret sauce it's, it's football, right. That's fantasy. Oh, yeah. But you're come, you're thinking outside the box to keep everybody engaged and, and to if you can even you know, grow the platform, uh, that's even better, right? Ultimately, that's yeah. that's the that's the golden ticket right there, right? Is the engaged um, the engaged following, right? The people yeah. that, that care what you've got to say, you know, that it's meaningful what you've got to say, and. So Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing like live on YouTube. So we did that live on YouTube. I'm doing like the intro music for like the wrestlers, whoever was picked, just to kind of make it fun while we're doing that. And I'm only doing it with Patreon members too. So anybody who's listening, fantasyfootballhustler.com, it's where you can go get signed up, get into a dynasty league. And just makes it better getting people into the community, you know, to do this instead of having like random people who – um aren't going to be involved in the community at the same time because we got a dope one that we're building. Very interesting. Only loss I'm mad about is losing to Hustler the week we were freezing our asses off down here in Texas. Had pneumonia and UTI and zero fucks given about waivers, and I took the <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's what we were playing in the fantasy basketball league. <laughs> Hey, Stu, I, I needed that win, man. I, I needed that win. My team was looking pretty sad at that point, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, so that's been fun. I, I mean, we're we're loving the drafts right now, and um, there's two drafts going right now. One is in like round forty something, and one is in round like four or five. And yeah, it's just it's just been good times. Everybody's stoked about being in it. Um, there's a couple people who are super mad that they couldn't get in the third league because they were already in the first two. So those guys are the ones who are going to be like <laughs> in this fourth league that we're doing, like chomping at the bit to get into another draft. <laughs> I love it. What do you charge per draft? So, well, they all vary, but this draft is uh, is an $80 buy-in for year one, and then it's $50 every year after. Nice. And first place gets a championship ring along with uh, the winnings. And I got um, I got bylaws written up that has like the scoring breakdown, has the roster breakdown. I mean, it's like eight or ten pages. So pretty much any question that could be asked is uh, is written up in there. I love it. Oh, there we go. We're at forty two point forty two oh two or oh four is the. Uh, is the pick that we're at in uh, one of these drafts right now. There's like 58 rounds because we have 19 starters, 10 starters on offense, nine starters on defense. And how long does it take per per pick? So it's unlimited time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no time limit because people could uh, trade. Um, people might be working. So literally no time limit. And the first draft took like a month. It took us like four weeks to do it. Um, one person is in Japan, so it kind of like slowed things down at certain points. So the, the second one we're, we're doing a lot faster. I think this one's only been, well, yeah, it's been like two weeks and I, I think, and we're, we're getting close to done. We're getting close. It's been going slower. Um, guys like me slowed it up uh, yesterday. I was on the clock for like all night. I just didn't even notice. <laughs> I love the intensity of the draft yeah i guess i need to like step out of that paradigm you know which that's like third or fourth time i've said that word tonight um and you know just okay this is going to be a month or longer this is a dynasty is a marathon like that's the biggest difference antonio will be someone who like the first draft he was like talking shit. Like, I mean, he was doing a lot of drinking on the weekends and he was like, man, fuck this draft. Like, it's going to take us like eight months to like do it. Like, fuck, I'm over it. I quit. You're like, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was take. I mean, it is taking forever when you're talking about a redraft, you know, knocking out 14 rounds, you know, or so in like two hours, you know, two, three hours, depending on what league size. A week long or two week long or a month long just seems like an eternity. And so I do try to stress that to everybody. Like you can't because you can trade picks. Like that's the biggest difference. And like, so for example, I'm in three leagues right now and I'm trying to do different strategies in each league so I can talk about these different things next year. And so I'm trying to approach each draft like a tiny bit different um, with the way that I'm drafting. And somehow, in all of these drafts, I ended up with the number one pick, um, the, the 101. Um, so two of the leagues, I got Patrick Mahomes. And get screwed like I did. So you never know. What do you well, do? I got, I got Patrick Mahomes. And in a dynasty league, get Patrick. I mean, we're, you know, we're going to be we're going to be in this dynasty league for years and years. And Patrick Mahomes, I just feel like 
he's going to be on the same wavelength that he's on for at least, you know, like 10 years or so. So I feel like that one spot is never going to change for me. That's a smart pick, yeah. And so in this third league, I had the number one pick again. So we're doing a derby draft. It's pretty cool. You actually draft your draft pick. So whoever got the first draft pick, they got to pick whatever pick they wanted. And it actually went like the number one draft pick actually picked the 12th pick, the last pick. So we have one other twist is a third round reversal. So that's another thing that I like to do just to add in a little twist. So it makes it to where the number one team isn't stacked. The number one team has the first round, first pick in the first round, last pick in the second round, and then last pick in the third round. And then first pick in the fourth round, then the normal snake just continues. But the last pick in the first round gets the 112. They get the first pick in the second, mm-hmm. and then they get the first pick in the third. So the, the last pick is the one that has like three picks within, you know, the top 25 picks. So that's kind of like the money pick, you know, out of all of them, so to speak. So. I ended up getting the first pick in this one and I ended up trading it to Antonio and I traded back and Antonio traded me his 10th overall pick or 11th overall pick, his third round pick, his sixth round pick and his next year's first round pick. (laughs) Yeah. And I also traded him my 10th pick, which is also still going to be a really good pick in a dynasty draft. Um, Sure. So he got Mahomes, which is going to be the best player, you know, pretty much forever in this league. Had to pay for him, which in the first draft that we did, I had the last pick and I traded up. Is Josh Allen number two? Or do you go in different this In this league, Josh Allen was number two, yeah. Right. And then it stops because that's really where the youth. Well, so Christian McCaffrey went second, I believe, in both of the first drafts. Oh, yeah, yeah, quarterbacks. Then it's going to all get a little bit opinion-based after that. Right. That's for sure. All right, well, I just looked up at the time. We're going to go ahead and sign off right now. I mean, you can talk backstage for a second. Um, Yeah, tell everybody where to find you at. uh, Plug anything that you got going on. Yeah, so if if, uh, you're looking to – Number one, invest in cannabis. Um, it's never a good idea to just invest blindly into anything, is what I say. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar, it doesn't matter if it's a million dollars, doesn't matter if it's ten million dollars, right? Do it with somebody that has a good understanding of the domain. Think about whatever you do for a profession. Right. And if someone wanted to like specifically invest in that area, you would say, let me, you know, let me guide you. Same thing here. Okay. It doesn't matter how much you smoke, who you know that has this or what. Get with either trust or someone else on the investment side. And right, if you are already in the cannabis industry or thinking about getting into the cannabis industry, we also have something what's called trust solutions. And you can find both of those things by going to TressCapital.com, T-R-E-S-S, Capital.com. Um, and uh, yeah, and then 
if you are a here, then you're probably a cannabis connoisseur, right? And love 420 and love cannabis. And so uh, you'd want to check out cannabis now. Um, you could do that. I'm sure you're not flying yet. And even if you are, I don't even think um, Hudson News is open just yet. Or maybe they are. If they are, you'll find cannabis now. Uh, otherwise, you'll find them online, cannabisnow.com. Um, and, uh, we've also, you can press shop if you want to shop and get yourself some CBD tincture or whatnot. Uh, if you're not in California or not near Southern California, uh, in the Beverly Hills area, um, then you can just go ahead and, and get things shipped to you online. Um, yeah. And then you could follow me on Instagram at, uh, DHES213. And it's not because of one of those one, two, three things. It's because, like I said, you know, you could take the boy out of L.A., right? Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, L.A. So it's DHES213 um, at, like, Twitter or other places. Sometimes it's David Hess 213 um, But look for me in any social media, either DHES or David Hess 213 and you'll likely land on me. LinkedIn, any of these things. Um, if you're on Clubhouse, I'm on Clubhouse. I've got all yeah. kinds of clubs these days on Clubhouse. I got the Global Cannabis Network. I've got the cannabis invest the the uh, cannabis industry investing club. Yeah, that's what I called it. Um, if you're on Clubhouse, join those clubs. It's free. Um, and it's like direct access to some pretty amazing people. Um, and uh, you could also just go to www.trustcapital.com and submit uh, a pitch deck if you've got one. Nice, Antonio. I'll follow you back. Um, yeah, and um, that's it. I hope I hope we uh, we get to do more of these. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure. With the 420 crew, we'll be texting one another. You'll see me. Uh, you'll see me in the YouTube chats. That's for sure. Especially if we're going to be doing Dynasty now. Now figure out who else I'm going to listen to. Right? I, I'm going to listen to to you. I'm going to have to be thinking: Is he doing this on purpose? Is he know? Like, I've got all these people listening. You know, I'm going to tell them this. Quickly, I'm going to do that. And I'm just playing. Nah. It's cool. Yeah. You'll you'll definitely be seeing me conversing. I like to. I'm a people person. I, I like to 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 mingle and, and chat it up, you know. So um, I'm accessible. Hit me up. Let's do it. Good, good times. Good times. All righty, guys. We'll see you guys later. We'll see you next week uh, for the third installment of Hanging with the 420 Crew. Got a couple cool people coming on as well. But I got Adam Rank coming on the show tomorrow. So make sure you get subscribed. Make sure you hit the notification bell on YouTube because, yeah, it is going down. That's going to be a good one. I'm going to make him yell about Andy Dalton. We're going to be getting into some old school WWF talk because we know that he's a wrestling nerd. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be big time. So make sure you are here. That is going to be at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. It is going down. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you later. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put 
my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile.